this morning. Uh, I could hear Zeke here with Don. Zeke doesn't really sing it so much as he yells it, um, but uh, uh, he's, he's taking part in it, amen? And uh, I, I believe that pleases our Lord. Uh, the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're still continuing on uh, with our, our study through the book of Ephesians, um, and uh, we'll spend just a, a moment catching up and then go on. Uh, we're looking at the practical workings of the, of the Christian walk, um, and we have been for the last few weeks. Uh, here in chapter 4, uh, there's been a a change in, in what Paul's telling the church at Ephesus. He's been reminding them of what they believed. They believe the gospel and that there's power in the gospel. Amen? Uh, uh, if you're saved, uh, you, you, you've experienced the power of the gospel. Uh, it's changed your life. It's cleansed you. It's made you whole. And we are not to be the same as we used to be. If you got saved and nothing ever changed in your life, and, you, and you, there's nothing different, um, uh, and, and you've been saved for a while, let me say it that way, and, and, and there's nothing that's changed or, or, or you're not living like the, you're still living like the world, there's, there's a problem. Uh, now that doesn't mean you're not saved. Paul's writing to Christians here and he's telling them, hey listen, you need to walk worthy. Uh, that's what he says there at the beginning of chapter 4, uh, that they're to walk worthy of the vocation that they're called. Uh, we were called to be the children of God. We're to, to walk in a, li- in a lifestyle that's appropriate with that. Um, uh, we, a few weeks ago, we started, we, we were, uh, last week, we were looking at uh, lying lips. Um, and we're not to, we're to set aside, to put off those lying lips. Instead, we're to tell the truth. Uh, we're to cast off that old man, according to verse 22, and, to, and be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And we can't forget about that renewal part. Uh, it's there's a step that takes place. We, many times we just want to start doing what's right. Well, you can try, and you're going to fail if you do it on your own. The Bible says to renew ourselves in the spirit of our mind. And that's how we strengthen our inner man. That's how we. It's how we. It's not. We don't just make a choice to do what's right. God changes us on the inside through the through the sanctification of the Word of God. Jesus Himself prayed in John 17, talking about His disciples and us. Sanctify them by Thy truth. Thy word is truth. So if you're not going to renew yourself in the spirit of your mind, if you're not going to saturate yourself in the word of God uh, every single day, uh, but you'll let the world saturate you with everything they've got to offer you, uh, you're going to find yourself weak as a child of God. You're going to find yourself not growing as a child of God. And you may try to put off those things of the world, but you're going to struggle. So it's very important uh, for us to to put on the the new man uh, after we have renewed ourselves in the spirit of our mind. Uh, Verse 25, we talked about last week, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man the truth. Uh, then last Sunday afternoon we said, we talked about being angry and sinning not, and uh, neither let the sun go down upon your wrath. And we also mentioned the next verse, which goes along as part of the same thought there, uh, neither give place to the devil. We don't want to give Satan any opportunity in our lives, uh, any opening uh, for attack. Today we're going to look at verse 20, 27, sorry, verse 28. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. We need to remember what, 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 what Paul said to do. First, you're to cast off the old and then put on the new. This is a picture of what you, what, what you do. Uh, the previous verse was uh, to cast off lying, but put on, but put on the new man, and that's to, to speak the truth. Uh, here it says to cast off uh, the, the, those that stole, uh, don't steal anymore. That's, uh, that, uh, hopefully that's not a big problem. <laughs> I, I began reading through this, and like, how can I preach a whole message on this? I, I, I mean, really, don't steal. But, but as, as, I, as I begin to meditate upon it and think, think upon it, uh, uh, there's, uh, there, is, there are very few people that go out and rob banks. Has anybody here ever robbed a bank? If you have, I could use some money. I'm just kidding. None of us have robbed a bank. None of us have. Has anybody ever pickpocketed? I don't have a wallet, so we're good. 
because you can't take it. No, there aren't many people that do that type of thing. The Bible says this, the, the word actually used here is, the Greek word is, you may have, you may have heard it before, klepto. That's where we get kleptomania from. Somebody who can't keep from stealing. Uh, we're talking about, uh, it, says, it says here, uh, to, uh, him that stole. We see it's a, that's past. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a past, past, uh, past uh, tense verb. Or verb. That means the, those that used to do this, that you shouldn't do it anymore. From this point on, you need to, to stop. Now, you didn't rob banks, and you haven't picked pockets. You stole a car. Broke in your neighbor's house and took some money. Most, most of us haven't done that. There's a, in fact, a lot of good non-Christians haven't done that either. So how does this verse apply to us? Well, the, the word klepto uh, it means this. It means to steal. Here's a word for you. To filch. I didn't know what that exactly meant. The word filch means to take something, even if it doesn't mean, even if it's not really worth anything. Now we're getting somewhere. Has anybody ever taken something that, I mean, wasn't really worthwhile, wasn't worth anything, but wasn't yours? Pen from work? <sighs> Change? As a kid, I did that all the time. I used to go to my brother's room and take all those change, and because uh, he worked. Uh, he, he worked a job at five to six years old than I was, and I would take all of his change and I'd go down to the store he worked at and buy candy. <laughs> now, I laugh about that now because it was a long time ago, and he's not here because he beat me up. Um, <laughs> I know he wouldn't do that. Either. But if he had known back at the time, he would have be, beat me up. Uh, uh, most of us uh, don't really steal. The, the, we, 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 we look at this and think, so, so this, how does this really affect us? Why do we steal, or why does anybody steal? As I, as I meditated upon this, if, if, you, if, you, if you bear with me, I, I think we can expand this a little bit to, to, in a way that would really could affect any one of us and may affect all of us. Because there are some things that cause you to steal. Stealing is just an action. It's, it's, it's a result of something that's already going on in your life that is, that is wrong. And as I meditated upon it, and as I thought about it, uh, uh, the, the thought of covetousness came to my mind. Because you're not going to steal something unless you really want it, right? Uh, uh, covetousness is, is the idea that you have an inordinate or unhealthy desire for something that would cause you to, well, to steal it. So uh, covetousness, according to the Word of God, is wrong. Let's look up a few verses, if you would. Psalms 119, verse 36. Psalms 119, verse 36 says this. It says, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Bear with me, still new Bible. Mark chapter and seven. Mark chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, says this, uh, thefts, uh, we'll go up to verse 21, uh, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, and murders. I mean, that's pretty nasty stuff. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these things come from within and defile the man. Covetousness is ranked right alongside with hatred and murder. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says this, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. He says, beware of covetousness. Uh, so as, I, as I began to think about this, and, 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 
Covetous is, is a, a, a stepping stone into stealing. Now, we may not have ever stolen, but we know the Word of God tells us that we're not to covet. In fact, that's one of the Ten Commandments, that we're not to covet our neighbor's wife. Now, uh, you shouldn't covet your neighbor's wife. You shouldn't covet your neighbor's car. You shouldn't covet your neighbor's anything. Uh, you shouldn't have that inordinate desire that would cause you to, 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 to really uh, to, to, to maybe even want to act on it. You shouldn't have that. But that's not all that drives thieving. There's those that steal because, listen, if I have an inordinate desire, that, in fact, Colossians chapter 3 says that covet, covetousness is idolatry. It means you've placed something so important uh, upon uh, in your life that I've got to have this that you replace God with that thing. We're not to covet after anything. But now, you may want something so bad that you're willing to give anything for it. And I, there's, there's a lot of things I'd like to have. But, 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 uh, but I can go and work for it. So when I look at stealing, there's, uh, or, or those, those that have stolen, they, they were not just covetousness or covet, covetous of whatever the object is that they were stealing. It wasn't that they just wanted it. They also were too lazy to go work for it. Because there are jobs all, all over the place out there. My son wanted a, a, a mini bike for, for, his, for, his, uh, for his birthday this year. And guess what? He's working for it. We gave, we gave him the mini bike on, the, uh, on the, uh, the, the grounds that he was going to work for. And guess what? He, he has been. And he, he's paying it off. It, it, it was a desire that he had that he was willing to work for. But, uh, but there are some that are just too lazy. I, I, I want it, but I don't really want to have to put in the work I need to do to get it. So I guess I'll just have to take it, right? And that's, that's, what, that's what stealing is. That's what being a thief is. But what does the Bible tell us about laziness? Look at Proverbs chapter 26. And the word laziness isn't necessarily in the Bible. It's not in the Bible anywhere. Uh, but the, the principle is certainly here. The word, uh, instead of laziness, you see the word idleness. Uh, you see the word slothfulness, sluggard. Proverbs chapter 26, verses 14 and 15, say this. As the door turneth upon, uh, verse 13, uh, the soft man saith, there is a line in the way, a line is in the streets. As the door turneth upon the hinges, so doth the soft upon his bed. The soft will hide his hand in his bosom, and it grieveth him uh, to bring it to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser than his own conceit, and seven men uh, that can render a reason. Uh, listen, the God, the God doesn't speak well of, of slothful, lazy sluggards. Proverbs chapter 26, sorry, chapter 20, verse 4. My writing's really small. I love this verse. It says, a sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Now, I don't know about you, but it, it can get really cold out there. I mean, we live in Maine. Can it get cold? I don't like going outside the cold. I would rather be in Florida in the middle of winter. I would be a snowbird if I could be. But guess what? I don't like the heat either. See, the, we know that he's talking about a sluggard because, well, he starts out with a sluggard will, won't, won't plow by reason of the cold. What does that tell me? Uh, listen, he's, it's not because of the cold. It could be too hot out. It could be, it could be that he's got blisters on his hands from yesterday. Uh, he'll find whatever reason he can to find to not go to work. The, the Bible says that that sluggard uh, will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in the harvest and have nothing. He won't go out to work, uh, and, and that, will, that will cause him to, to have to go out and beg at time of harvest. Because guess what? He didn't plow. He didn't plant. He didn't water. He didn't weed. Uh, he, he found reasons to not do any of those things and not to go help anybody else do any of those things. And when it was time to harvest, guess what? He didn't have anything to harvest, but he was hungry. So uh, that, that drives him to do something. It drove him to beg. It says he won't have anything. Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. So what does this have to do with stealing? Well, because if you're covetous of something and too lazy to, to work for it yourself, it might cause you to go steal it. Matthew chapter 25, verse 
26 says this one page his Lord answered and said unto him thou wicked slothful servant this is a parable of Jesus Jesus is speaking here but notice what he's, he calls him wicked and slothful God does not look kindly at those that are lazy, those that are idle. Uh, he doesn't look kindly at those that refuse to do any type of work. In fact, Paul says that he that doesn't work shouldn't eat. He was talking uh, to the church there in Corinth that there was, there was a, a small group of people there that, that, were, that, that were refusing to work. And he said, listen, if they're not going to work, then, then they, they don't get to eat. Well, that sounds kind of cruel, especially in today's day, day and age, when you've got, you've got uh, public assistance and, and, and all these other things. And, and, uh, but, but listen, he says, if he's not willing to put in the work, they're not willing to eat. They shouldn't, they shouldn't get to eat. So, so this person is covetous. Uh, this, this thief is covetous. He's, he's lazy. He won't work for it. And he's self-indulgent or intemperate, meaning he has no self-control. He can't say, well, I really want it, but I don't want to go get it. I don't want to work for it, but I've got to have it. So, and the Bible talks about how temperance is the fruit of the Spirit, but, but, but gluttony is certainly not. Right? The Bible talks throughout Proverbs and, and, and Psalms about the gluttonous person and, and how they should put the knife to the throat to, to consider what they're eating. But gluttony is not just about food. It's about not being able to control yourself with those things that you want. Say, well, what does that have to do with this? I'm trying to tie, tie this all together. Listen, if, if, uh, if the thief is willing to, to do all those things because these are his motivators, listen, I don't... Like we already said, there aren't many people that are allowing this to cause them to go out and steal cars and, and rob from other folks. But those same qualities, and they're not good qualities, those same sins can be found in the lives of many Christians that will cause us to live in ways that will hinder us from doing what the Word of God says that we're supposed to do. What's the second half of that verse say there in Ephesians chapter 4? Verse 28 says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. The word labor means to toil to weariness. It means to go out and work hard. Uh, to, uh, so you get sweat on the brow, blisters on the hands, uh, uh, your dirt on the face, none of the fingernails. Go out and work hard. So instead, of, instead of stealing because you, you can't control yourself and you're covetous and you're too lazy to work for it, cast off that and instead go out and work hard, but not so that you can have those things that you wanted in the first place. We live in America where, where you can have the American dream and people want the house with the white picket fence and the nice and the BMW and the garage and the, and the swimming pool in the back and the, and the, motor, the motorcycle. <sighs> Just because. And the four-wheelers. And, and the swimming pools, and, and, and all the things that we can have here in America because we are the wealthiest nation in the entire, in, 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 the, in the world. Uh, and we, 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 are, we have more than most other countries do. And we sit here and we think, man, I just, I need more. Why? Because we're covetous. Now, we may not be too lazy to go work for it. Well, there are some that are. There's a growing population of people that are, would rather take money from the government. Now listen, this is not a political speech. I'm not getting into politics here. And I'm not saying that there's anybody here this story. I, I, I don't know how you pay your bills. I, I, don't, I don't know what, if anybody's on public assistance. And, and listen, I'm not saying that it's wrong to be on public assistance. There are people that need it. There are people that absolutely need it. That they, whether it's through illness, whether it's through injury, whether it's through mental, uh, their mental incapacity, whatever it is uh, that they cannot go out, maybe it's their age, uh, whatever it is, they're not able to provide for themselves. It is good that they're taken care of. I have no problem with that. But Paul said, if you can't, if you don't, if you refuse to work, talk about the widows. Remember, he says the widows indeed. There were those who were widows, 
but were young and could still work and could still, uh, they could still labor, they could still get married again. And, and, and so they were to support the widows indeed, those elderly folks that were widows that needed it. What am I getting at? There's a growing population of people that refuse to work. And, uh, and it's, not, it's not just a generational thing. It's everywhere. The, the pandemic uh, that we've seen, uh, there, there are businesses that can't reopen because they can't find people to work. There's a place that, uh, that, that, that I drive past every single day on the way home. Uh, and I actually took a picture of it to, to, uh, the, to the front of the place to give, uh, to give it to somebody who's looking for a job. And, but they're offering a $5,000 sign-on bonus for a CDL driver. Just for somebody to drive a truck. And then guarantee you be home every night. Sign me up. Plus, it was like 20, 21 or $22 an hour. That's a good job. Listen, I, I get why people don't want to work fast food. I get, I don't, I've never worked fast food, and I have no desire to work fast food. But that doesn't mean it's not a job for somebody. But even that, even, even uh, places like that can't stay open because they don't have people to work. Why is that? Because it's easier to get a check from unemployment than to, listen, and that's not everybody. And again, this isn't a political speech. What I'm saying is, we, the, the, with this growing number of, uh, of people that are, that are willing to just take a check, then, then, then go out and work for it. Uh, why? It's because of laziness. They all have iPhones. They all have cable. They all have, okay, not everybody has an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not bagging on iPhones. Uh, uh, but we, ha we have to have these, these things, but they're like, well, we don't have money to do anything else. I'm so poor, help me. I get phone calls, as, as, as a pastor of the church, I get phone calls all week, every week, of people asking for handouts. Asking for money. Now listen, there are people that need it, and we, and, and we do what we can to help those that need it, but we have to also pray for wisdom, that God gives us wisdom in, what, in how we deal with this, these things. And my, 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 my whole purpose to bring this up is, isn't to, to preach against the, uh, those people that are on welfare because there are those that need it. It's to preach on, those that, it's to preach on the, 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 the problem of those that don't need it, that are too lazy to go out and get a job and work for it, that, that they're... That they're well, what are they doing? They're stealing money. Because they could go earn it. But it's not just that. See, the same covetousness, the same laziness, the, or that, or that self-indulgence can also lead to... And listen, I'm... I'm I don't want to step on toes here this morning, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm stomping all over them. Credit cards. If you're so buried in debt and credit cards that you can't do what God has called us to do, to work hard, not so that we could have, but what does it say there in Ephesians 4? Verse 28. Working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give than the needeth. See, in America, it's easy to, 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 to have all this stuff. You just need a credit card. Now, listen, it's, um, credit is not sin. Uh, you, having a credit card and having debt isn't a sin. Um, the Bible never once says that. But it does preach against, or it does preach against the principles of being, or preaches the principles of being good stewards with our money. You can't buy a house. You can't. You can. You cannot own a house uh, in 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 the U.S. Uh, unless you have debt. Unless you're very wealthy, uh, right? So there, there are some things that, that we need that we may need to go in debt for. And the Bible says it isn't wicked to have debt. It does, what it does say: that he that borroweth and doesn't pay back, he's wicked. If you're going to borrow money and, and then not, then not pay back, that's that's the wickedness and that's the sin. But the other problem is if we're overindulgent with ourselves and we're we're always buying the new cell phone and the new car and all these other things and all these other toys that that uh, I can do it. I can make the twenty dollar payment a month. I can do that. I, I I'm I'm good. You know what you're not able to do? You're not able to help when somebody's really in need. 
See, the principle that's being taught here is to cast off the old so that we can put on the new. And here in the, in, 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 in the U.S., it is, it's easy just to live like everybody else does. Because we want the same things everybody else does. But those things can limit what we, what we can do. What did, what did Jesus say? Where are we to lay our treasures? He says, not to lay them where moth and dust eat and rust doth corrupt. And thieves break through and steal. Because guess what? You might get that brand new motorcycle. And somebody come along and take it. Or it breaks down. Or you wreck it. Or a million other things could happen. And, and the, the danger that happens in many of these cases is people begin to live paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I, 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 I'm not... Now, I, want, I do want to say this. I am not, I've never, not always been perfect in this. I've been debt-free, and then I've been in debt. Praise the Lord, right now we are debt-free minus the car payment and the house payment and, and just utility bills. That doesn't make me any better than you. Because it wouldn't take much of an illness. It wouldn't take much of something to happen uh, to put me in the same boat as, as, as ever, anybody else or on a street corner trying to figure out what I was going to do to take care of my family. Because it's just money. And things happen. We, we read uh, 2 Kings chapter, chapter 4, uh, 1 through 7, about uh, a woman whose husband was a, a man of God, a servant of God. A, in fact, it appeared he was, in, uh, he was a, a student of, of, of the man of God, Elisha. And, and he, he, he had got some debt. But guess what? He didn't expect to die when he got the debt. He was young. Probably figured he could work it off. That's what we all do, don't we? What he didn't realize was his days were numbered and when he died what did he do he left his family with debt that they could not pay now back then when you had debt that you couldn't pay they came and took your kids they, they came and took everything you had and they left you sitting in the street and they would make your children work, work for them as, as, as servants or slaves until that debt was paid off and so, uh, uh, understand, uh, uh, that could happen to any single one of us. A death, an illness. So what do we do? We put off the old man. And we put on the new man. We, we begin to work hard. We, uh, we, uh, we pay off our debts. And we cut up our credit cards. We become content with the things that we have instead of always having to have the newest thing. Uh, guess what? I don't, even, I don't have it on me. Uh, I, 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 I've been using my phone less and less. Uh, I, I, I love it. Because guess what? That $1,000 iPhone sitting on my desk is a, will suck the life right out of you. And the time right away from you. I don't need it. You can convince yourself you do. Well, let's say it broke. Are you going to die? No. Guess what? They still make cell phones that are really cheap. And all they do is call and text people. You, won't, you will survive if you don't have to go on social media. Now, again, I'm not preaching against cell phones. I'm not preaching against those things. There's no sin in having those things. There's no sin in using those things. The sin is allowing those things to take over your life so that you cannot do what God has called us to do as children of God. We're not to be self-indulgent. We're not to be lazy. We're not to be covetous. We're to put those things off. Instead, we're to work hard, and we're to put on hard work and generosity. Matthew chapter 5, verse 42 And listen, I, I, most people work hard. Matthew chapter 5, 42. Most people work hard, but we struggle when it comes to being generous with what we have if we're buried in debt because we, well, somebody else belongs to somebody else, to be honest with you. The Bible says that, that, uh, that we were, that we're to, know, to owe no man in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Uh, that, that, uh, that we're not to, 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 to have those debts. Uh, but it says, uh, 
there in Matthew chapter 5, 42, it says, Give to him that asketh thee from, from him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. We're to, we're to generously give uh, to those that ask. Matthew chapter 25. 30, 31 through 46. I think that's what I wrote. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me. This night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the shepherd of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Oh, uh, nope, I wrote down the wrong. Verse, I'm reading the wrong one, sorry. When the Son of Man shall come in glory, there we go, verse 31 of chapter 25, uh, and all the holy angels with him, uh, then shall he sit upon the throne of glory. This is Jesus speaking, by the way, telling of end times. He says, Before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep. Now, he's not separating nation from nation. He's separating the sheep from the goats, uh, those that are saved from those that are lost. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and we took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say to them, Really say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed and everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and his angels. For I was hungry, and ye... For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, in, in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto thee, unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And we're not saved by our works. But God, in saving us, wants us to put on this generosity based out of his love. First John chapter 3. You don't need to turn there. But he's talking about this very thing. And he says, if a brother hath need, and you shut up your bowels of compassion to him, how dwelleth? the love of God in you. It's a test to see whether, it's a test for us to look at ourselves and, and do we see God in us? Are we saved? Because if we're saved, God's going to change us. Did God change you when God saved you? Did he wash you clean? Are you free from everything that you used to be? That's what we, that's what we believe in. That's what the Bible teaches in Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but according to his mercy, our, our merciful God, he saved us and gave us life. And that's what we used to be. Now we're to walk worthy. And the practical side of this is that we don't live like everybody else. I want to steal a phrase from somebody you may have heard on the radio. Right now you live like no one else so that one day you can live like no one else. You, you live in a way now that you're able to, to, to save up the money, to pay off the debt, to get those things. Why? So you can be generous and give to others. Not so that you can have everything you've ever wanted. But that's the American dream. If you're a child of God, can I, can I say this and say this gently in love? While we live in America, this world is not my home. Well, says to lay our treasures in heaven, and there will your heart be also. Too many of us are laying our treasures here on this earth and, and, and laying them out. I got my car, I got my motorcycle, I got everything that I, that I, that I wanted. It's all, it's all good and it's all corruptible. And that's where our heart is. That's what it says, wherever you lay your treasures, that's where your heart's going to be. Can I encourage you to start laying your treasures up in heaven? And your heart will soon follow. Why? Because everything that you're, you're putting, those things that you treasure there, it, it, well, how do you put money up there? You give it to the Lord. You give it to those that need it. 
over there at Second Kings. Second Kings chapter four. We already read it once. We won't read it again, but this is the story of, of a woman who's this is before the Holy Spirit comes to live within within us, uh, but there are some principles here uh, that, I, that I believe apply to us as Christians, and I want us to take a look at this. This is a woman who's, who's, uh, who we find in verse 1, whose husband got her into some debt. So now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband is dead. She said, first of all, she said, he's thy servant. And then he said, my husband is dead. And now knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. She goes, you know how, good, you know how godly of a man he was. And the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bomb men. She said, help me. She's got, her and her husband have gotten themselves into, into, into a predicament that she cannot get herself out of. That's the first thing I want you to notice is the predicament that she was in. Uh, uh, there, was, there, was, there was debt that could not be paid. Uh, a tragedy had befallen her family. And uh, not only was she dealing with the grief of losing her husband, now she's about to lose her children. Why? Because of some poor financial decisions. And listen, there are, pe there are people that make poor financial decisions all the time. And all it takes is a moment for your entire world to change. See, well, it wouldn't happen to me. I'm sure her husband said the same thing when he, when he signed up with those, signed on with those creditors. What can I tell you? It will get you into, into a predicament. Young people, learn to be good stewards of your money. Get a job, work hard, prepare for the future, but, but, but know that at any time, anything could happen because we're not in control. God is in control. So she was, she was in a predicament. Uh, notice uh, the, the payment that he didn't give. He didn't give her a handout. He didn't give her a little bit of money. In fact, he didn't give her the money that it would have taken to, to uh, deal with the problem. Why? Because tomorrow's another day and another problem. See, uh, we live in a world where the people are, are consistently looking for a handout uh, and, 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 and glad to receive it. Uh, uh, when, when the welfare was created, it wasn't created to be a, a way of life. It was created to be a, an assistance to help those that were in poverty, to, to help them to lift themselves up, up out of poverty. Now, I know that there are, are those that, because of their health and because of other things, that they can't get out of it. But listen, if you're, if, if, if you're young and in that position, use that to get out of it. And I know the system is rigged against you. Because the more you make, the harder it is to get out because they take money away from you. And like, that's not fair. Work hard. Toil till there's sweat on your brow. Listen, there are those that can make it. Work hard. You can do it. Don't give up. Don't look for those handouts. Because if he had paid off that debt, guess what? She still has no job and no way to feed her kids. One of the things that I do when, when, folks, when folks call our church uh, is, is instead, of, uh, instead of just giving them something to, uh, to the, most of them are looking for, can you pay for a night in a hotel? Can you give us some money for food? Can you, you know, whatever you can do to get us along. But guess what? Tomorrow is another day, and guess what? Another night where you don't have a roof over your head. And tomorrow, right now, is a meal that I could feed you. And listen, I'm not opposed to giving them those things, okay? But what, we're, what we really want to look for is a solution to their problem, a long-term solution to the problem. And, and most people aren't looking for that. They just want the money. She went asking for, for, for help. He did not give her a handout. That's what he did do. It says in verse 2, And he said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? Now, he asked this question to kind of change her perception. Notice he didn't say, What don't you have? Because she's already told him what she doesn't have. I don't have my husband. I don't, have, I don't have any way to pay the creditors. I don't, have, I, I, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this. This is the problem that I'm in. He says, no, no, what do you have? She says, well, I don't have anything. Why? She's probably sold everything off that she could to pay off the creditors. He says, what do you have? 
well, I have just this little pot of oil. He's changing your perspective. Instead of looking at, 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 at all that she doesn't have and being overwhelmed by the situation, uh, uh, this is something that I do have. Now, she came to the man of God, and the man of God is going to help her. Praise the Lord for that. But he's going to help her in a permanent way, not in a, not in a once-in-a-lifetime way. Once in a, uh, here's the check, hope, to, hope we don't hear from you again. Because that's what happens. Many times people will call from church to church to church, getting checked from check and check and check here, here, there, and everywhere. And from other states, they'll call. Listen, uh, why? Because they just want to handout. But what, what, what here, what here uh, the man of God is offering isn't just food for the table, which is good, or a roof over the head. It's a long-term answer to a problem. He says, what do you have? And listen, we as, as Christians need to take moments, especially in times of tragedy, because we're all going to face those. Amen? Don't just look at what we've lost or, or the situation we're in, but look at the blessings of God that that God has given to us. Because I, I can tell you this, we undervalue what God has given us. She had that pot of oil, and she, had, she didn't think of it as anything. It's just this little pot of oil. It's all I've got left. But God was going to take that and multiply it and use it to completely change your life. The perception he changed. Notice in verse three, 3 and 4, uh, we see the proposal that he made. So then said he, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Uh, he said, this is the proposal we made. He goes, I want you to go out and borrow some vessels. Now, not just some vessels. Borrow as many as you can get. He says, not a few. Doesn't matter if they're little vessels Big vessels, vessels so big you can't carry, uh, whatever, whatever, you can, whatever you can get, go and borrow them. What's he doing? He's putting them to work. He, he's, he, he's, he's giving her something to do, a, a purpose. So she goes out and she tells her sons, and they go out, and they're knocking all the, on all the neighbor's doors and says, do you have any empty vessels that we can borrow? I, I can only imagine at the end of the day that, that their house was full of vessels. But I can tell you this, there was only, in, in the end of it, when she poured out the oil into the vessels, she only poured vessel, oil into vessels that she had. See, God blessed the labor that she, they put forth. God blessed that labor, and, 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 he, and he did so only so much as, because when the last vessel came, the Bible tells us that the oil, the oil stayed. The, the provision she received, she said it was just a little thing of oil. But through, what, through the blessing of God, she poured out. And she said, well, there's still a little bit of oil in here. Go get another vessel. Can you imagine that? I don't know about you, but it would have been, it would have been amazing to see not just one vessel. Like, can you imagine having this little pot of oil and, and having a big vessel, empty vessel, and sitting there wondering when it's going to run out and just being amazed and to this it's brimming full of oil and she Well there's still a little bit left. Let's go get another one. And, and they're probably getting more and more excited as it went along. And she's like, no, no, bring one more vessel, boys. Come on, I, I need more vessels. I got I still have some oil left. And they're like, but mom, there's no more oil. Or there's no more vessels. Guess what? The oil stopped. And the provision of God is amazing. When we have a need, if we will, if we will go to the Lord, God will provide for our need. It, 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 it boggles my mind that sometimes that, that, that God is the last one we go to in those times when he should be the first. The provision that was made or that she received, notice the plan that was made. He, and then he said, he didn't say, he, well, let's read what he said, it's verse Verse 5, it says, So she went from him and shut the door upon her, and the vessels of her sons and brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Verse 7, Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt. And live thou and thy children on the rest. The plan was made. You need to go out and sell. First they had to go out and borrow. Now they have to go out and sell. And I can just imagine her boys packing things up and carrying these vessels of oil. 
Would you like some oil? Oil here? Where the, where, it's the best oil you'll find anywhere. Trying to call people in to come and get it. They're going door to door. They started their own oil company. And they're, they're in, this, in this little town going from place to place trying to sell the oil. And they, and they, man, they, they got this wad of cash in their pocket. And when it's all said and done, the last, last little oil was sold. They're like, look, Mom, look what we got. We got so much money. Do you know what they didn't say? Let's buy a new car. The boys may have asked that. Okay, they didn't have cars back then. Uh, uh, Mom, let's let's buy a, a chariot. Let, let's buy a, a, a. We got so much money here. We can. And she says, "No, boys. We need to plan for this." I believe she maybe went and invested it. Maybe, maybe bought something. Started. I don't know. We don't know what she did. We can make up all kinds of ideas of what she did, but we, what we do know is that she went and used that, what was given to her, not just to pay the bill that they had and, and go out and spend the rest, but to live off for the rest of their life. Now, this story, there are some things that I see in this, this account, that, 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 again, that I mentioned that, are, that, that really are, are good principles for us. Uh, listen, it's... We're all going to come into some time where there's predicaments. And what we do now in preparation for that will depend on what we need to do then. She was in debt up to her eyeballs when, when her husband died. It's not a good place to be. See, well, this isn't really, this is practical Christian living. How can you be a blessing to others when they're in need if you don't have the ability to give? So I can give, but you still owe your creditors. The Bible says if you, pay, if you don't pay your creditors, you're wicked. Listen, if you're, if you're in debt, that doesn't mean you're in sin. Uh, you're in sin when you don't pay your debt. So what do you do? Well, right now you're a servant to your lender, according to the word of God. Pay your debt off. Work hard. So I, it, it could take me years. If you would work really hard, it wouldn't take you as long as you would think. It can be done. Well, what about then? Start saving up. And as God places people in front of you that need help, don't go out and buy a new Lamborghini. I can't imagine a Lamborghini pulling in its parking lot and bottom out in the, in the driveway. Don't go out and buy a new Ford Explorer. I don't know. I'm not saying don't, don't take care of yourself and your family. What I'm saying is don't waste your money. Be good stewards of the money that God has given you. Because in the end, it's his anyways, right? And help others. Because there are those in our body that need help. There are those outside of our body that need help. And it's a blessing to be able to, 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 to help take care of different needs that folks have. Listen, uh, what did Jesus say? He did it unto the least of these, my brethren. When I was hungry, you gave me meat. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I don't want to be limited in my ability to serve the Lord and help others because of my, my greediness and my covetousness and my, my lavish lifestyle. Now, I'm not saying that you, can't, that you can't have nice things. I'm not saying it's a sin to have nice things. I'm saying that God has given you if God's given you money, God's given it to you for a reason. And it isn't to build up your bank account. And it isn't for you to, 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 to have a coach purse. Or I don't know how much those cost. I know they're expensive. Uh, uh, or, 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 or I don't really know what anything expensive the names of those things are, to be honest with you. But it's not to have those things. It's not to have all the different toys that you could have or the so that we can be a blessing to one another. In the book of Acts, well, don't turn there because we're almost done, uh, but in the book of Acts, it, 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 you read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they died because of it. But just before that, what was going on amongst the body of believers, the church? Barnabas sold land that he had and he brought it in and he gave it to the, the apostles and says, listen, we know there's people here that have need. I'm not saying sell your, sell your stuff and bring, bring us the money. I don't want your money. I'm saying you be a good steward of God's money. I'm saying work hard. Put off the covetousness. Listen, we live in a, we live in a country that is just covetous. 
they, 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 they play on your fleshly desires by flashing all the colorful ads on the television. And, and it, you go to the car dealership, and you're sitting, you got to take this car for a ride. You gotta, what are they trying to get you to do? Try it, so you buy it. Again, it's not wrong to buy a car, even a new car. But don't allow your covetousness to lead you. It's that, that's part of that old man that's got to be cast off. And you may not have stolen anything, but we all deal with covetousness, don't we? Don't, laziness. Don't allow yourself to be idle. Don't allow others. Don't expect handouts from others. And you grow, Growing up, you don't have to live in mom and dad's house anymore. I told this to my wife yesterday, it boggles my mind how many 25-year-olds, 26-year-olds, 27-year-olds are still living in the parents' basement. They can get a job. Now listen, I'm not saying there are times when it's when you're doing when they're doing it right and they're saving money and they're trying to they're planning for the future. There's other times when they're sitting there playing video games. And if you're married and you've got a wife and a kid, put away the video games because the Bible says that when I was a child, I, I, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I can remember that day in my life. I can. <laughs> I had my son Elijah. I was sitting there. Uh, now, I say Elijah. Uh, he was brand new, brand spanking new, probably two months old. And I'm sitting there playing a video game with him while Jess was out shopping. I'm sitting there, and he started crying. And I got rid of it. Now, is there any scene in playing a video game? Well, it depends on the video game, I guess. Well, what, what, what changed was my priorities. My son came first. My family came first. God came first. Put off, put off that old man. Put off those things of the old man. And practically, don't just say that you're saved. Don't just say that God's changed you. Allow the change to exhibit in your life. And listen, as you renew yourself in this word, all of those things will change. All of those things will change. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Lord, I know this hasn't been an exciting message. <laughs> Lord, I, I know it's not been um, it's not been the, uh, the most uh, entertaining message, but it's not meant to be entertaining. God, I pray that you'd help us to learn from this. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our spirits. Lord, that uh, you convict us of any sin there might be. Lord, that we might just turn our lives over to you and allow you to have control. Lord, help us to, to live our lives not with covetousness, not with, not with idleness or, or lack of self-control, but Lord, help us to, to give our lives over and to you to work hard, Lord. Your word tells us to work hard as un, not, not unto men, but unto God. Lord, help us to do all things for your honor and your glory. God, may you bless it, Lord, that we might be able to be a blessing to others. Lord, give unto us, place in us the love of Christ, that we can love others as he loved us. Thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.